Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much that he alone could rescue and he alone did rescue. He came, he lived a perfect life, he died for us. And we are gathered this morning around Jesus and his death for us on the cross. That is how we can come to you, Lord. We know that he didn't remain dead, he is alive. He is alive forevermore. The risen Christ is our Lord and Savior. And he tells us that he's got one organization and it is the church and we are all a part of it. And we need to hear your voice, Holy Spirit, on what church is. Please speak to us here, we pray this morning. And we pray for Lee, Lord. We thank you for our pastor. We pray that you'll use him mightily, Lord. It would be amazing if you used him to save souls in Mount Pleasant this morning and this evening, Lord. Um, That children uh, in the church would come to know you. That unbelievers would come to know you. But also, Lord, that you would encourage... Uh, rebuke and correct as well the church in Mount that they would be built up. We thank you for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Swansea and please bless them through uh, Lee as he preaches today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we've come a long way. We're at the last church course now. This is the la- this should be, and we might do an epilogue or something. If uh, we, we often do that. It's like, oh, we should have talked about that really. But um, this is the last official talk on the church, which we started in September, and obviously different things, uh, you know, we have interruptions, but we've pretty much solidly in the morning been going through the church. And it was a part one last week of, well, what am I supposed to do? And this is part two of what am I supposed to do? And uh, this is such a helpful passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And really, Paul is answering, the Apostle Paul is answering a question that the church would have asked him. We don't actually have the question written down, like word for word, but you can work out that he's answering a question and what the question is. So, you know, 12 verse 1 says, it's really just now about spirituality, brothers. Um, It says spiritual gifts, but really it's about spirituality. That, you know, you know that in the church in Corinth, there's a lot of different groups of people. In chapter 1, you got some people who are saying, I follow Paul. And they gather over here and they've got their little Paul thing going on. They're probably like, oh, what we really need to do is overseas missions like Paul. Maybe it's something like that. And they've got their own little meeting and clique over here. And then you've got another group over here. I follow Apollos. I don't know much about Apollos, but I heard one guy say, you know, rigorous Old Testament study or something like that's what we need. So they've got their little clan over here. They have their book club on a Thursday night. And they're like, this is where it's really at. Come to our book club. And then I follow Cephas. Um, you know, that's Peter, isn't it? So like, they're over here. They're probably about discipleship. We have a discipleship study. And you should, and, you know, and it's like, what is really the thing the Holy Spirit wants? What is true spirituality? How is it that you look at church? Uh, there's actually a really insightful thing uh, one of our members said on a video. We asked our members to share um, of what is it you love about church at Gabalva? And uh, one member said this, my favorite thing about Gabalva is just how different we all are. If you were to look at it from the outside, uh, us as a collective, it would make completely no sense. But when you're in it, it makes so much sense. We're a family, we all love Jesus, and that helps us love each other. But yeah, when you look at it from the outside, you're like, it makes no sense. You know, people, there are some people who are good at these things and really interested in this sort of area. And then there's these people over here who are interested in this sort of area. What is the answer, Apostle Paul? 
In church, when we're all so different, what is, the, what is it the Holy Spirit wants us to do? This question is about true spirituality. Members of Gabalva, do you want to be spiritual? Do you want to be, do we want to be a church full of the Holy Spirit? What does that look like, different as we all are? What does it look like? True spirituality. And that's what he's going to talk about. And this really answers, what is it you're supposed to do, member of Gabalva, as a part of this church? What are you supposed to do? Now, where Paul begins with spirituality, I think, is, is really awesome. It's in verse 3. He says, he talks about the way we use our words. No one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. He's using extreme examples here. You can know that if someone goes around saying, oh, I'm full of the Spirit, and you can ask them, okay, what do you think about Jesus? If they say, Jesus is cursed, you can be like, okay, that person is not spiritual. They are not full of the Spirit. Um, someone on Facebook who's a contact of us at the church, not a member, but someone we know, posted something on Facebook. Uh, have I got it down here? It was something like, um, religion is for people who are afraid to go to hell. Spirituality is for people who've already been there. Okay, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I just want to ask that person, well, what do you think about Jesus? That's how we'll determine whether you're spiritual or not. You know, well, Satan's been to hell, so I suppose he's really spiritual. That's what I thought. But, you know, I, I, what do you think about Jesus? If they say Jesus is cursed, you know that the Spirit isn't within them. But these are the people who are full of the Holy Spirit. This is something, you know, we're meant to be like in Gabalva. They easily just talk about Jesus all the time. Jesus is on their lips all the time. You know, so Paul says here, doesn't he? No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask you, how easy is it for you to talk about Jesus? And... I'm not, just talk, I'm not really talking about in work. That's a different ball game. I understand that. I'm not even talking about among your non-Christian friends or family. When we get together, that's what he's talking about in church. How easy do you find it talking about Jesus? Maybe you find it really difficult. Now, the great thing is you can ask the Lord God to help you to talk about Jesus. The reason why this is a sign of your spirituality is because... From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I know that there was a, a lot of couples who did the first marriage course on Thursday night, and it's really all about that. <laughs> it's how you use your words. And that nothing comes out of your mouth that wasn't already in your heart. So someone who talks about Jesus all the time, they come in and they, they say, oh, Jesus has been so good to me this week. Let me, you know, let me tell you. You know, you know, we know people like that. Maybe you feel you're not like that. But there's people you can look to in church. You're like, they are full of the Spirit because they talk about Jesus easily. And it's not forced. You know, it comes out naturally. You can pray that God would help you with that as well. Because it says this in Romans 5 verse 5, that the Holy Spirit of God pours the love of Jesus into our hearts. The Holy Spirit can help with that. But how we use our words is so important. You might think that the most spiritual thing is to, with your words, bash on about the Bible a lot. You know, that you really enjoy talking about the Scripture and sort of details about the Bible. And, you know, you might be reading RBT, but looking for, like, interesting little details and sort of information and knowledge. That might be the thing that you talk about all the time. 
But if you have that and nothing of Jesus, then that's not spiritual. Because we know, don't we, that the Pharisees diligently studied the Scriptures because they thought that in them they had life. But they refused to go to Jesus to have life. Jesus says in John chapter 5. Jesus is Lord. That, that is something, you know. So how are your words? How do you use your words? It's important how we talk to each other in church. We want to be a church that easily overflows with talking about Jesus. Have you noticed this as well? It's easier to talk about God than it is to talk about Jesus. It's suddenly, you know, everyone has a God. But when you say Jesus, you're talking about a person there. See, Jesus, we know God because of Jesus. Peter says this, that it's because of Jesus that you know God. That we didn't know God until we knew Jesus. That's what we believe. Jesus should be the one that we overflow with all the time. That's the spiritual church. So that's one sign, isn't it? God wants you. What, is, what are you meant to do in Gabalva? You're meant to talk of Jesus. Say that he's Lord. Don't curse him. Even if you're going through circumstances like Job, where things are taken away. You don't curse God. You say, blessed be your name. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. I'm going to bless Jesus' name anyway. Praise him. You know, that, that sort of thing. So that's one thing. But here's the other thing, really. It's got to do with your gifting. That's the next thing he comes on to. There are different types of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works them all in all men. Our gifts. True spirituality is when we use our gifts properly. Now, do you notice in those three verses I just read, there's, a, there's like a refrain, isn't there? It's, it's this. There are different, dot, 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 but the same, dot, dot, dot. Different and the same. Different and the same. And he also talks about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, Jesus Christ, and God, God the Father. There's a trinity in those uh, three verses there. And it, I think it's because of this, isn't it? We know, don't we, that the living God is three, and they're different. They have different roles. The Son isn't the Father or the Spirit. The Father isn't the Spirit or the Son. You know, they're all different. And yet, what is it with the living God? They are a tri-unity. They are one, three and one. And they, they are all involved with each other completely. They all want to please each other. That's what they do. The Father is pleased with the Son, and he wants to please the Son, and the Son wants to please his Father, and they share the Spirit. And it's like that. Paul is hinting that in church, it's got to be a bit like that. Your gifts that you've got, church family, where do they come from? You know, I remember this dawning on me uh, in church one day. I was thinking, uh, Lee was preaching on this sort of thing about this, you know, gifts that we have, things you're good at. And I thought, well, one thing I can do is I can play guitar. I thought that was just for me. I thought I got that for myself. I said I'm going to get lessons when I was a teenager, and I wanted to learn for me. But then I realized when I was sat here in Gabalva one day, well, I might have thought that, but the Lord Jesus had a different intention. He made sure that I was gifted in this way, and he knew that it would serve you lot in some way. You know? How cool is that? Your gifts come from not just the Spirit, but the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Every one of you is gifted. Every one of you has something to offer the rest. 
We're all gifted in some way. And Paul here doesn't give an exhaustive list. He just throws some different things out there. He lists them. So he says, um, you know, some people are gifted in terms of wisdom. And it's great that he starts with wisdom because it says in James chapter 1 that this is a gift anyone can have. (laughs) If you feel that you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you, James says. There's a gift anyone could get in on. You want wisdom? You want to know what is the right thing to do? What is the right path? Ask God and he will help you. He will give you wisdom. He also talks about knowledge. He talks about faith, working of miracles, speaking in different tongues, or that can just be languages and interpretation of languages. That is a massive gift for the church. It's great that Davud can speak Farsi and then be an intermediary for us, you know, with, with that um, working of miracles. Yeah, I've said that. There's lots of different gifts, isn't there, that people have. We've got cooks, people who are gifted at admin and organization stuff, media gifts, musical gifts, sewing and embroidery. That's a massive gift. Artistic gifts, preaching and teaching gifts. Do you see, this isn't an exhaustive list Paul gives. But there are all different sorts of gifts among us in church. You have gifts given by God. But the question is, why? Why are you good at the things that you are good at? And if, like me, you might just assume for for years, well, I assume it's to serve me. It's for the sake of me and my kingdom. But it says this in verse 7. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The reason why the Spirit manifests himself in this way, that you're good at something, it's for the good of the church family. It's actually got nothing to do with serving you and yourself. Maybe it will, but it's actually you're good at those things to serve everyone else in church. It's for the sake of the common good of the church. So I thought this, right, you could write a sentence. If you're writing notes, you could actually do this if you want, or maybe mentally do it. I'm gifted at blank for the good of my church at Gabalva. (laughs) Think about it. What is it that you can do? And then understand this. I mean, maybe your gifts also serve you in work. I'm sure they do for a lot of you. That's great. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given... For the common good. If you can play piano, it's for the church. If you can sing, it's for the church. If you can sew things up, it can be used to bless the church. If you're good with, I don't know, with art and drawing, it's for the church. If you're good at cooking, it can be used for the church. Gifts are given for the common good. And this is where the genius of the the body illustration comes in that Paul gives. Gary actually prayed this in his prayer, the body of Christ. This is how you can think about the fact we're all so different, and yet it can all be used for the good of something central and core. Paul says this, let's go to the end, the verse I reread. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is really massive, right? Because Paul isn't saying that the church at Corinth are a part of the body of Christ. He says that their local church is the body of Christ. Us at Gabalva, 
We're not just part of this global body of Christ. We know that there are other churches who belong to the kingdom of God. That's fantastic. We love that there are loads of other churches in Cardiff. But we can look among us here and say this, all the body pieces are here among us. We don't lack anything. We lack nothing in Gabalva. We don't need to wait until more people come along and then think, right now we're ready to do some stuff. No, actually, we are the body of Christ, and each one of us is a part of it. Church member, you are a part of the body of Christ here at Gabalva. You are here, and you belong, and you serve the body of Christ. And he says this, that our identity is that we are baptized into this body. It says this, we were all baptized, in verse 13, by one spirit into one body. Then he says, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. He's thinking like, you think that separates you, don't you? That we've got Jews over here and Greeks over here. We've got people who are slaves and people who are free. Maybe like a, a slave and his master go to the same church at Corinth here. But he's like, no, but in church, we're all one. Through baptism, that's who you actually are. I'm a baptized Christian and so are you. That is how we are one. That is where we come into the body and we're part of it. You're baptized and you're part of the body. And it's great because recently we've had a load of baptisms. And I don't get how this works, but it's almost like they join on to the body. And it's not that we've got extra pieces. They somehow now just fit into the body. And now this is the body of Christ. Children who were baptized recently, you're part of the body. It's great, isn't it? You are individually a body part. Think about it. You are a body part. You're unique to everyone else. You're unique to everyone else, perhaps. Obviously, we've got two of, one of some things, don't we? You know, ears and nostrils and feet. But you're unique. You're able to do things that other people can't do. You're gifted in ways that people aren't gifted in. And you're also not able to do things that other people can do. And this is all part of God's plan. It is the Lord who determines these things. You might want to have gifts that someone else has. And you might be frustrated. You're like, you know, it would be like an ear saying, oh, I wish I was a foot. I'm just a bit of flappy flesh on the side of a head. I, I want to actually do some stuff. I want to go places. I want to be able to take the body places. But now here I am just sat on the side of the head. But then you could also, the foot's probably thinking the same thing. It's like, I'm just stuffed in a shoe all day. And I stink. You know, I, I wish I was the ear, you know, hearing things. I can't imagine what it would be like to hear things. You know, they look, you, how rubbish would that be, looking at each other? And what they miss is that actually they are what they are for the good of the whole body. Don't be bitter that you're not someone else in church. Don't be bitter that you don't have the gifts that someone else has in church. Thank God that that person is there in church. And thank God that he's given you gifts that you have got. Maybe you need to think about this. Maybe you need to ask someone, what do you think I'm gifted at? Because I can't tell. But the Bible says you're gifted, that you are a body part. And the important thing to know is, here he talks about how you need to belong to the body, and you do belong to the body. So you might think, because I look so different to everyone else here, surely that means I don't belong. Now, again, the ear and the foot, if you just had them in one hand each, be a bit freaky, wouldn't it? But imagine that. You'd go, well, there's not much that really... They look so different, don't they? They look so different. 
But actually, the body makes sense of these two things. It's in the body where these two things find a home. The foot and the ear belong in the body. Yeah, they're very different, but it's here they belong. Church, the member on that video said, actually, it's when you're involved in it, it all makes sense in church. You belong in the body, and you're to use your gifts to serve the whole body. That's actually where your gifts make sense. True spirituality, friends and family, is when you use your gifts to serve the common good of the church. And now, the last thing really on this is, I know what you might think. You might say things like this. I just, I just feel like, I get what you're saying, but I just feel like I don't fit in in church. I'm weak in my faith, and my life's a mess. My head's a mess. What can I possibly offer to the body? I'll just mess the body up. But the amazing thing is, this is what the passage says. There's a place for the weakest person in the body. It says this in verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Those parts that seem weaker are indispensable. Paul says, if you feel like you've got nothing to offer, then you need to know more than anyone else. We need you. You're indispensable. We can't do without you. The weaker parts are so important. I know that Gary, in um, members' interviews, will talk about a ligament in the hand. That if you cut it, the whole hand is rendered infunctionable. Yet you can't even see it. It's beneath the surface, under the skin. Do you see how things you don't even notice, when they stop working, everything can fall apart. And if your right hand doesn't work, it affects the whole body, doesn't it? The weaker parts are indispensable. If you're weak in church, there's a place for you. If your head's a mess, if your life's a mess, there's a place for you here. And the great thing is, maybe your role is this, that you need to let the whole body come around you and help you. If you're suffering, if one part suffers, then let us suffer with you. You need to let us into your life and suffer with you, whether it's financial suffering, whether it's emotional suffering, psychological suffering, circumstantial suffering. You need to let the rest of the body come around you and help you. True spirituality is where, is a church where the weakest person belongs. Look out for the weak people of the church and get alongside them. Look at the children, adults, look at the children of the church and don't ignore them. I know that they're below your eye height, but look down. They need our help. They need us to come alongside them. So, let's just sum up then. With your words, confess Jesus is Lord. That's what you ought to do. Use your words to bless Jesus and you, you know, talk about him to others. Ask for help to love him more if that's what you're struggling with. But also, with your gifts, use them to serve the church. And in your weaknesses, know that there is a place for you here. There is a, we need you still, that you'll still be able to be used and be of use to the church. You might think you're completely different to everyone else, but actually, praise God for that fact. If we were all the same, Paul says, imagine that, if we were all the same, where would the body be? The body wouldn't ex- church wouldn't exist if we're all uniform and the same. It wouldn't be a church. So this is the sort of church we want to be like. It, isn't it incredible that this amazing heaven meets earth plan of Jesus thing called church involves you. That is amazing, isn't it? And we need help to be the church that is this perfect body of Christ, where we, we're not dysfunctional, but we function together, that our children might grow up and be saved, that we might love Jesus, 
and that our non-Christian friends and family would come to know him as well. Shall I pray? Father in heaven, we want to be this sort of church family, so I pray that you'll help us, Lord. Help us to be the body of Christ here at Gabalva, who knows Jesus and who loves Jesus. Um, Help us not to think our weaknesses disclude us from the church family, but help us to bring our gifts and to use them in church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.